Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com. Welcome to episode six of Adding Fuel to the Hire. I'm Tony and with me today is Phil. Hey, Tony. Hey, Phil. So today's episode, it's called Searching and Applying for Jobs. Um, It's focused towards candidates, obviously, um, and how they can best go about searching for the right job, narrowing down that search, um, and then being specific and targeting those jobs that actually have a chance, um, chance to... I yeah. successfully gain yeah. employment through. Yeah. How do you decide which job to apply for? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, probably a really good place to start. So just in a real broad sense, how would you go about it or how do you recommend going about it, Phil? Um, well, to, to go to the very start, probably think about um, what you're after in a new role. Um, is it simply just more money? Mm-hmm. Is it um, a change of pace? You know, do you want a more lifestyle-focused role? Think about why you're wanting to leave. You know, think about what would have to change at my current job for me to actually stay and then work back from there maybe. You know, maybe it's just too many hours. It's just too much. And you've talked to your, your employer about it and they said, look, I just, we, we can't do anything about it. You know, we've just got too much work. This is the way it is and we can't put on any more staff. Um, so that, that would be my starting point. Think about where do I want to go with this new role? Yeah. Um, what, do I, what do I want out of it? And then I'd start the search from there. Because ultimately if you don't know the why, then – yeah. Whether it's the middle of the process or the end of the process, at some point you're going to get confused as to whether or not this is the right thing. Yeah. And usually, I mean, the first question I ask is why you're look, you looking for a new role, yeah. why you're looking to leave your current employer. Um, that usually tells you a lot about why this person why this person is looking to leave, obviously, but how genuine their reasons are, I think. Yeah, um, you spot know, on. Um, I get a lot of people who sort of say, oh, look, you know, just seeing what's out there, to see if there's a bit more money out there somewhere and they're probably not very serious about moving. Testing the water. Yeah, testing the water. <laughs> and I think from a hiring manager's perspective, that why is the most important part. Yeah. Um, you know, is it money? Not that's, that's necessarily a bad thing because mm. ultimately everyone's, I think most people are wanting more money. Yeah. Um, we all need to make a living. Yeah, but what can I do as the hiring manager to make sure that I'm ticking that box for them? Yep. If it is money, well, I need to make sure that I'm, you know, giving well above what they're looking for so Correct. they're comfortable or is it, you know, is it future, um, you know, promotions, a, a future chance to go work their way up within the company? You hear the, yep. the, uh, the common one, you know, you hear all the time is I feel like I've hit the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, am. yeah. Um, and, and that's a really important why I think from a hiring manager's perspective because, you know, if you're a small business – can you offer that to them? Yeah. If you can't, well, best to part ways, I think, at the very start of the process yeah. as opposed to getting towards the end. You know, might employ them for two, three years, but, um, you know, or less than that, 12 months, and they go, well, I, yeah. I don't see a future here either. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I've I've talked to candidates before who've said, um, look, I'm looking to leave because I, I want to move up the ladder. You know, I want to make a career of this. Um, particularly, I've talked to mechanics about this, and one mechanic in particular said, look, there's guys here who've been – with this company for 25 years and they're still working on the tools. Mm. So, so many people who are so far ahead of me in terms of, you know, they're way in front of me in the line. Um, you know, it's just, I might as well go, go somewhere else because I'm not going to 
work up to a workshop manager role or a service manager's role or, or whatever it is. You know, I'll be on the tools until I'm 55. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's getting that why yeah. and, and understanding that and communicating that to the any – I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but communicating that to a yeah. prospective employer That's as right. you get down there. That's but right. I think the why leads in really nicely to the next point in that's being selective. Correct. Because not every role is going to tick that why box no, for you, whatever right. that might be. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think there's nothing more frustrating and we kind of alluded at it in episode four, I believe it was, um, with cover letters. Yeah. The scattergun approach. Yeah. It is. Spray and pray. Spray and pray. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell when you're on the other end of an application, you can tell. You can tell. You when know. that's the case. Yeah. And so it, it definitely plants a seed of doubt in my mind from a recruiter's perspective, I'm sure from a hiring manager's perspective of, you know, if I've got, if I've received this application, which is clearly a, a spray and pray, mm. how many other people have? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, instantly you're not really endeared to that candidate. Yeah. 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 You're thinking, well, you yeah. know, how many other people? Yeah. And then you call them and they go, oh, which job was this for? <laughs> like, oh. I've applied for lots of jobs. Which one's this of, one? I've applied for, for a lot recently. Sorry, that's all. It's like, Which... I must say is completely justified in some circumstances. You'd be made redundant. You know, you just need something quickly yeah. to, to make ends meet. Completely understand that situation. But if you're happily and gainfully employed, mm. um, the number one piece of advice is less is more. Yeah. You know, understand that why and select things very specifically that match that why. Yeah. Um, and, you know, once again, if you're happily employed, one application at a time or two or three applications at a time. So you can track them. Correct. Someone calls you. You're generally speaking going to know what the role is, yep. which which is the one you applied for, yep. um, it, which allows you to sell yourself infinitely better because you can sell yourself specifically to that role. Mm. If you can remember, you know which job it was, yep. then you can tailor your answers to that. So, I think focusing your energy, yeah, on that role, yeah, and make sure the cover letter for that is spot on and <laughs> yeah. and all that sort of stuff, which we talked about in episode four, yeah, um, but. As you said, focus your energy on it. Make sure the application for the one, two, three jobs that you found that definitely interest you are spot on and just let it sit. Just let it be for a couple of days and um, see what you get back. Yeah. So I suppose you've, you've now selected the role. You've put an application. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, back over that a little bit. When putting the application, I, I hinted at it in uh, episode four as well. Read the job ad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> particularly for roles with a high volume of candidates. Mm. I've seen recently, and I'm sure there's people listening that have seen some really good examples of this where people are now putting right at the bottom of their job ad and it might be four or five pages long. Mm. And then right at the bottom, it might be uh, something along the lines of the obvious ones are, you know, attach a resume, a cover letter and answers to these two questions. Yeah. Or it might be something completely random that says, you know, in your application, give me the name of your first pet Yeah. so that I can test that you read this ad. Who's your favourite character in Star Wars? It's becoming like that. <laughs> very common, yeah. particularly for high-volume roles. So you must, must, must read the job ad, yeah. which I suppose ties in with that mentality of less is more because you're going to have more time. You're not going to feel time poor when you're right. applying for jobs, so you'll actually read them specifically, yeah. trying to understand if it ticks that why box. Yeah, that's right. Um but yeah, that, that that's definitely becoming a trick that I'm seeing a lot of hiring managers do to weed yeah. people out. So, yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. 
So yeah, you've done that successfully. You've put in your resume, your cover letter, whatever it is. Now, how do you stand out from the crowd? Yeah. So number one thing, actually remember to attach a resume. Um, I reckon once a day I need to send an email saying, hey, thanks for the application, but we actually didn't get a resume with that. You need to send through a resume with the application for us. Yeah. <laughs> Which sometimes it's tech issues. Sometimes. Um, but you have to just double check. Yeah. Most platforms these days will allow you to check yeah. whether it's gone through or send you some That's kind right. of. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. don't, you know, don't call up and say, oh, I've just never needed one. Well, you need one for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do now. Yeah. Um, I totally understand that, you know, so far in your career you haven't needed that because of contacts and that sort of thing. Um, but as we said in episode four, and if you want to know more about resumes and, and, and how, to, how to make your resume stand out, listen to that. Um, just keep it simple. I've said it to hundred hundreds of candidates before, black and white, you know, where you've worked, dates, what you did, and your duties. It's all I need, and we can work off that. It doesn't need to be that fancy. So remember to attach a resume. That's the number one thing. Yeah, and <laughs> if you don't have a resume, a really neat trick that I've learned in the last few months is if you have a LinkedIn account, um, at some point you've pretty much built a resume on that platform. Yeah. You just didn't realize it because of the way LinkedIn is set out is essentially a virtual resume. Yep. Um, so I, I can't remember the specifics um, off the top of my head, but there is a tab under your profile photo. I believe it, it's a drop down that says more. Yeah. And if you click on that, one of the options is save to PDF, um, which actually then exports your resume in a LinkedIn branded format. Yeah but it has all your profile that you've yeah. listed down there. That's so, right. you know, if you fill out your profile properly, then that's, that's, that's a great place to start. Yeah. Um, so it, if you're, if you're not feeling confident on word or you're, yeah, you're just not hundred percent sure on how to write it, just make it go, go to linkedin.com, make a profile. It'll prompt you to put all the info in, um, exactly. which makes it really easy for you. And then you just create that resume with LinkedIn and, um, super easy to do. Yeah. That, that it would actually be a, one of my best tips I could give. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty much the equivalent of having someone or paying someone to put together your resume. Yeah. Um, if you just, yeah, sign up linkedin.com, create it step-by-step step, as Phil said, it, it will hold your hand through the whole process Correct. and then you can expe- export it out. Cause, um, I've also used that recently and how I came across it was I had a couple of candidates like Phil said that called me up and said, I'm really interested in this role, but I don't have a resume. Um, and I said, well, that's fine. Do you have a LinkedIn page? And they said, yep. And then I went on and I found that feature. And yep. yeah, before you know it, you've gone through and you've gone, well, you actually do have a resume. Yep. It's just <laughs> in a completely different format to what yep. you would have expected. So um, yeah, really easy place to start. Um, and I suppose that actually ties into another topic um, that's fast becoming very important is LinkedIn in general. Yep. A lot of people these days, um, they might be on it, maybe begrudgingly. Their employers told them they have to be on it yeah. um, for connections and whatnot. Yeah. Um, or they've done it, but they haven't really dedicated that much time and effort into mm. it. They put an application and they think that application is the only thing that's going to be seen. Mm. Um, it's 2020. That's not. It's yeah. Facebook. It's Instagram. It's yeah. your LinkedIn. It's yeah. any social media <laughs> accounts. Yeah. Um, and LinkedIn's fast becoming one of those. Prospective employer on the other end gets your application. First thing they might do, particularly if there's unexplained things in your resume, is jump on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, yeah. we do it all the time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so if we're doing it, other people are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and so really flesh that out because that is fast becoming a tool and a real simple way to stand out from the crowd um, yeah. doing that properly. And then the don't of that, and it's 
the old one I've been hearing ever since I was in high school. It was always the, the teachers always harped on on about it. Social media accounts, yeah, <laughs> Facebook page. Assume that whenever you put an application in, your future potential employer will be looking at your Facebook account. Yeah, would you be happy for them to see what you're posting? Yeah, and if it's not, change the privacy settings. Make it private. <laughs> it's it's not that hard anymore. Facebook makes it quite easy, but make sure you do it. Yeah. Because we've had many of examples where employers have looked at people's social media accounts yeah, and correct. said, you know, it doesn't look great. That's right. And, yeah, yeah it, it's – I yeah. don't think technically it's legal, but realistically it's 2020 and, and yeah. most people are doing it. Yeah. It's very accessible, very easy. So, um, yeah, when it comes to social media – yeah. Be smart yeah, about what you show. LinkedIn, you can use it as such a good tool yeah. for yourself. Um, it's a it's such an opportunity to really sell yourself on a more personal level as well. While it is a professional social networking site, I think you can sort of sell yourself. It, it gives you a little more freedom to um, sell your experience and, and, and who you are and what you're after and all that sort of stuff. So, And it humanizes it again because you've correct. got your photo on it, you're uploading content. Yeah, um, I think from a recruiter's perspective, there's nothing – that probably gives you assurance of a candidate more than going on their LinkedIn profile, yeah. particularly say for a sales role mm. and you scroll through and there's photos of them selling their equipment to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's only trivial, but it just, I yeah. suppose, solidifies in your mind or it paints a picture. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This person's actually successfully yeah. doing this. Yeah. And a lot of recruiting still happens through LinkedIn. Yeah. Like, make no mistake. That is still very much alive. A lot of people still message people on LinkedIn. Um, one thing you can also do, uh, which I've heard other people do, um, is say they're thinking of applying for a role, they've seen it advertised online, they're just not 100% sure on it if it's going to be the right fit. Mm. Um, they go on LinkedIn and they find the person who's worked in that role previously at that company and message them yeah. to get an idea. Um, I saw a post of someone who'd done that in the past and she said, look, I'd been offered the role and I just wanted to, to touch base with the person who was in the role before to get her opinion on the role and how it all went down and all that sort of stuff. And she didn't actually end up applying or she didn't end up taking the role because she said the feedback that other person had given me was basically, look, it's nothing like that. Rah, rah, rah. So you can really utilize LinkedIn yeah. um, as a decision-making tool. Yeah. And not only LinkedIn, there's, um, you know, different job boards have different employer review systems now. Yeah. Um, I think glassdoor.com is one that aggregates yeah. all the reviews into, into one section. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so many ways to find out what an employer is like um, and probably goes back to that first step of understanding if that why is ticked yep. by that particular job. That's right. So once you've got your why and you're searching through jobs, before you put an application in, do a bit of research, yeah. find out. You know, if, if promotions and future growth is what you're looking for, mm. find out how big the company is. Yeah. If it's five people and it's owned by, you know, a husband and wife or two brothers or whatever – well, the growth opportunities probably aren't going to be there. Yeah. So at least, you know, you might still put an application in, but at least you know that's where you're going to target your questions. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, background checking, being clever about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but LinkedIn is a, a fab, fabulous tool. Yeah, um, if used correctly. If used correctly. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly right. But um, any other don'ts that you can think of um, that I suppose damage your, your ability or, or help you not to stand out from the crowd? Um, look, I think a lot of that stuff we've covered off in episode four. Um, generally speaking, my advice will always be make it specific, just specific, 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 um, and try and make it a little personal as well. Um, those would be my major 
do's over the don'ts anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I suppose to, to finish up, we just, uh, we'll kind of back over episode four a little bit. Um, for those that haven't listened to it, it's a little bit longer. It's about uh, 25 minutes specifically just about resumes and cover letters. Yeah. Um, but for those that haven't listened to it, we'll just really quickly summarize um, when you are applying for a job with cover letters and resumes, um, what to do. So cover letters, yes or no, what do you think? Yes, but keep it short, make it specific, your opportunity to sell yourself for this specific job. Why should you get this workshop manager's position? Well, you know, you've got experience with very similar brands. You've um, been allowed to um, take on a leading hand role when the workshop manager was away, um, all that sort of stuff. That's your opportunity to sell yourself for this specific ad. Yeah. Um, if you are just going to write a generic cover letter that you're going to sell to every single company that, that that's out there, um, don't bother. You're just going to damage your application. Yeah, exactly. And I think when it comes to personalizing it, one point that we probably didn't mention in, in episode four that is a really important factor is when we talk about personalizing, what we mean is when you're looking at the job ad and it lists the skills or it lists the responsibilities for the role, mm. tailor the cover letter to explain how yeah. you cover them off. Yeah. Answer that question. Yeah. Whether that be, you know, managing a team of three to four people, um, you know, booking workshop tasks, blah, blah, blah. That's right. Answer that question in the cover letter. So explain, you know, you might be a service advisor now, you might not be a workshop manager or a service manager. Yeah. But the reason you're applying for the job is because when your service manager goes away, you step up yeah. and you take that role right. on. And so in your cover letter, you can say, you know, I haven't got that experience. Yes, but the reason I'm interested is because I've done it before. Yeah. Um, my workshop manager or service manager, they're away quite regularly, um, you know, deal conferences, whatever. I step in that position at least once a month and I know what I'm doing. Um, and, right. and really selling that key point. Yeah. Um, and then uh, resumes is obviously another key point that we spoke about in episode four, but there's a lot of misconceptions about whether or not, you know, one page resumes are good, 10 page resumes yeah. are good. Um, <laughs> as we kind of came to the conclusion on episode four, it's, it's really, it's a middle ground. Somewhere between. Yeah. I think generally speaking, I'm exactly uh, of the opinion, the same as Phil, where two to three pages seems to be the consistent yeah. sweet yeah. spot. Um, but yeah, one page resumes, unless you're new to the workforce, I don't really understand how you can sell no. unless yeah. you've had, you know, one employer for a long period of time. Yeah. But even then, a lot of the time people will have moved within the company, you know, they would have, um, as I mentioned before, you know, they might've started as a detailer and then got an apprenticeship. So you want to list those as you know, more or less as individual jobs under the same company. And, um, yeah, generally speaking, look, two to three pages is probably the sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. And Another point that you kind of brought up there is if you're working for someone and they get bought out or for whatever reason the, the ownership changes hands, when you list it on your resume, list it as the one job, but then explain in brackets the name change. Yeah. Because ultimately not doing that just makes it look like you've jumped around more than what you have. Yeah. Um, there's so many times where I've seen candidates that might have jumped around three times in the space of three years but it turns out it was just this really messy, messy ownership change yeah. um, for whatever reason. Like, you know, a large conglomerate might have come in at the end and, and bought these two businesses yeah. that merged yeah. out or something right. like that yeah. throughout a three-year period. But it's completely justifiable as to why yeah. that candidate has had three different employers, quote unquote, for that period of time. That's it. But um, Yeah, as we said, definitely uh, if you are interested in learning more, I think episodes four and episode six tie in really well with each other. 
Um, so definitely recommend going back over episode four if you want to learn more specifically about resumes and cover letters. But um, otherwise, we hope that uh, we've added a little bit more value to your next uh, career search uh, opportunity and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. If you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic, why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com. If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.